so that so that I get them back. You know, sometimes we have that kind of mindset when we go out to when we go out with God. You know, God, you blessed me, so I got to do something to show you this. So those are the that's that's kind of not what blessings about. Blessings is a receiver's reward. It means that we don't receive, we don't, we don't have to do anything for it. <laughs> it's, it's something that comes from God. It doesn't come from us. You know, a blessing is something that we don't deserve, and we get, and we bless others with it. You know? So this is not really a this is not a prosperity message. This is an authoritative message. This message is going to show you some foundation authorities that are going to be in your life that you're going to be able to transform with. You know, I want you to be able to carry this out into a platform. And, and sometimes, I don't know about you, sometimes we get upset that we can't bless others. We, 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 want, to, we want to help those who are in different countries. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough resources. And we don't think that we can bless them. You know, even when we pray, we, we pray, God, give us something so we can bless them. God, do something so that we can bless them. I've even prayed that myself. Let God, give me, give me a, give me a thousand dollars so I can lay that seed. You know, I've prayed that before because we want to know the, the level of blessing that, that Christ has in us. We want to be able to experience something that we haven't experienced before with blessing somebody. You know, even before you were, you were saved and somebody that was saved came and blessed you and said, I don't need anything. You know, I've been blessed with a Bible before. And I, I knew I couldn't afford it, but he put my name on it and wrote me a, a prayer in it and everything. So, and I didn't have to give him anything back. But he was like, just be used of the Lord. It's a blessing. He just blessed me with it. And that's the kind of authority. He had the authority to say, hey, I know God's going to use you with this. So I bless you. I bless you. And sometimes it's a blessing offering that comes forth with that. So we're going to turn in our, in our word today, and we're going to go in Ephesians 1. We're going to start at verse 3. And uh, we're going to be talking about my man Paul. Now, I'm not used to preaching to so many ladies. So y'all so bear with me now. You know, I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed. And if you're a man over here, you're blessed too. I'm going to let you know. So, just a little background. We, we don't know much about Ephesus. We don't know what kind of climate that, that Paul's talking about here. But I'm going to just let you know. Now, Ephesus is not a good city. Ephesus right now will be in modern-day Turkey. But Ephesus is a city filled with treachery, filled with, filled with spiritual idolatry, filled with, with worship that didn't meet God's standard whatsoever. Like, this is a city that you would dare not go into. You know, this is like Tijuana, Mexico. You don't go there. You don't go there by yourself and say you just want to go. Because you know there's some things there that don't belong in your life. There's some things that you don't do. This was Ephesus. This was that kind of city. It was the kind of city where they had a lot of idol worship and blessings were fake. They were given empty blessings. They were blessing false gods. They were doing things that made no sense. 
They, were, they had prostitutes in their temple. They were selling their bodies, men and women. This is the kind of city that Paul was sent to. It wasn't an easy ground. It wasn't some place where there were already believers. It was a place where believers had to be encountered. And this is what Ephesus was. This is what Paul had to deal with. Paul had to be a light in a place that was extremely dark. And to be called to a place of such magnitude, you have to know who you are. You have to know what's going on. You have to have an identity in Christ. And Paul, that's where Paul starts at in this. You know, he starts at in Ephesians talking about who we are in Christ. If you're taking notes, those are the two words I want you to, to, to believe in your life right now, in Christ. When, when, I was in, when I was going through discipleship not too long ago, every time I would get upset and I talked to my spiritual father, and I said, I'll, I'll, I'll complain, and then this word would come up, but God. So, and that would, be, that would be my leaning thing. That's how I know, okay, it's time for me to change, but God. And then he would say, he would laugh at me for a couple minutes. But that was, that was the kind of things. As new believers, we go through that, and then we, then we realize, but God has something different. There's always a but God. A but in the Bible is a transition word, meaning there's more. You know, so that's what kind of what this in Christ is. It's a transition in Ephesians. Say in Christ. He uses it a lot. You know, because let's think about this. When we're talking about the veil was torn, Christ is our foundation. He's the chief cornerstone. If he's the chief cornerstone, all foundation in our life is laid in him. So what comes from him is blessings. It doesn't come, doesn't come from what we do as earners. It doesn't come what we do as owners. It comes as we do because we're in Christ. All blessings are laid upon in him. So let's just go into word with just, with just a little bit of that. And uh, I'm going to start in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing, here we go, in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship. Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, when he was freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavishes on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in the conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And, and you also were included in Christ, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance unto the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise and the glory. I think that's it, yes. To the praise and the glory. So in Christ, we are blessed in heavenly places. 
We are blessed, that means heaven doesn't hold your blessing for ransom. Everything. He said we're blessed in everything, all things, in heavenly places. And nobody holding it for, for condition. It's an unconditional thing that's about to come down in your life. As an authority of a believer, we have to understand that God is unconditional in everything that he does. We don't have to work harder. We don't have to pray harder. We don't have to think harder. We don't have to learn harder. It's unconditional to what we're going through. That's what God is doing. See, blessings are unconditional. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. It's already in heaven. That's what Jesus came for. To be in Christ, it means that they're already sitting up, starting to build treasure. You know, Jesus is storing eternal blessings forever. See, there's got to be an eternal mindset when we're serving Christ. It can't be temporal. It can't just be half-hearted. It has to be eternal. See, when, I, when I'm walking and I'm talking about Jesus, I'm not waiting for him to bless me tomorrow. I'm not waiting for me to get everything I need tomorrow. See, I know there's something that I'm doing eternally that has a good. I may not even see the fruit or the result of who I'm speaking to or the lives. Sometimes God just sends you a, a crumb and you just be able to see it. He doesn't show you the whole fullness of his glory because we wouldn't be able to handle it. We would be, I'm, I'm spoiled with the crumbs. Okay, so, so if he gave me everything, I'd be truly spoiled. I'd be truly spoiled if he gave me everything. I think I'd be a little, a little uh, heavy-headed. I'd be like one of them clowns, you know, always bouncing back and forth, you know. That's, that's good. We're uneven. We're imbalanced. God's got to keep everything in his kingdom in balance. But in Christ, we are blessed in the heavenly place. We are blessed, that means that we can come to God and he can hear us because of Christ. There's a, in my life, there's a lot. Me, I'm going to tell you, I don't like false doctrine. I'm one of the people, I can't stand false doctrine. I can't stand uh, the, the ability that false doctrine has on people and how it can skew their mind and how they don't have a foundational teaching of Christ in their life and how discipleship has weighed from saying who Christ really is and talking about the authority they have as a believer and being able to pull down strongholds in their life gener generationally. You know, if what I'm doing is not for me. And the foundational things in Christ, we understand that. It's for my son's son. Everything I am purposing is for my son's son. It's not for me. Everything that I'm doing is not for immediate release. It's for, it's for a, a foundational thing for a coming glory that I may not even see. Let's just look at Abraham. He did a lot. He had a lot of sacrifices. He even went as far to sacrifice his own son. But it wasn't for his glory. He didn't care what was happening right there. He knew that God had something else. And he knew that, I'm, I'm saying, if you're living in the wilderness and you're seeing these people and you're seeing war and you're seeing defamation and you're looking at these things, you're saying, okay, it's not for me. It's not about right now. There's got to be something for this next generation and generation after that. There's got to be a blessing for them. I've got I to stay the faith. i got to keep on. But Paul says we are blessed in Christ. When we say that, that means election. We're not being voted for. 
That means we already. Election is the free work and pleasure of God. He's already elected who's going to be his sons and daughters. Election is not a coincidence. You know, Peter says, God purposed salvation so that none shall perish. So God has elected everyone with his free working sovereign grace for us to come to them, those who are sons and daughters. That means that we are already chosen in him. At the foundation of time, he knew us. He knew what he was going to wrap into us. He knows our past, present, and future, so we're already elected. So there's an authority to say, I know Christ, and he knows me. He chose me. You know, John says, I didn't choose him. He chose me. You know, he chose me to be in his vine. I didn't choose him to be in my vine. And that's what he's talking about. Election is not a coincidence. You just don't happen on salvation. Salvation just doesn't find you. You know, it's an election. It's a timely thing. It's a thing that God planned to happen. For by, for by grace, through faith, we are saved. That's, this has nothing to do with us. This is grace. So the first part, we have nine cardinal blessings. There's nine of them in Christ. That's what this lays out to the Ephesian church. Matt, could you put up the Ephesian church for me? I think it's the fourth slide. The next one. This is Ephesian church. These are the blessings for these people. This is the remnants of the Ephesian church. Matt, go back to another slide. This is the temple they were, they were fighting against. That's a stark difference. See, we look at that now and think that should be a church of God. That's the right now blessing. See, and you go back to the Ephesian church, they weren't worried about their temple. They weren't worried about their temporal surroundings. They knew they had an eternal glory. See, so the first one is election. The first blessing that we get is a free work and pleasure of the sovereign God. Election. How many of us have been uh, nominated for something that we, we said, why you nominate me for that? <laughs> I, had, I had no idea that you wanted me to do anything of that nature. How many of us have been chosen by God to do something? We're like, we just, we just happen, and we think we happen to just fall into it. You know, that's what election means. It means something that we, we don't have any idea that's about to happen to us, but is given to us. It's a blessing. And the, other one, the second one is holiness. Listen, Elder Nan, this means that we already got an A. <laughs> we don't got to work for it. This means we already got an A. This means in Christ we are free from being holy in our own strength. Now, I know somebody needs to hear that. We are free from being holy in our own strength. We can't work up holiness. We can't stir it up. We already got an A. Jesus Christ said, if we're in him, we are holy. He's talking about we're being in Christ, the chief cornerstone. We're in him. We don't strive. We strive, not work. We strive for holiness. We don't work for holiness. And that's where, that's a blessing. Let me tell you, it's a blessing that I don't have to work for the glory of God. It's a blessing that I'm holy because he's holy. 
It's a blessing to know that I can come boldly to the throne of grace. Because what we sung about, the veil is torn. Because in Christ, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be able to come anywhere. You know, I'm going to be talking about that. That's going to be another one, one of the topics here. So the third blessing is predestination. He made a way. Now, this is not the predestination that we hear in witchcraft. This is a different type of predestination. It's not clandestine. It's not saying that you're going to die at this place this time. It's not a predestination saying that I have elected you to speak to this, and you are the only person that can do it. This is not that type of predestination. Because I know sometimes we have that mindset, and things have to change. In the Word of God, let me tell you what our English word means is different from what God's word means. So to me, repentance means I have to turn from my sin. When the word says God doesn't repent, when God repents, it means he'll never forsake us. See, that's the difference. When God says something differently, that's why we have to learn and know that this blessing is an authority. That we are predestined to be. He made a way for us to be sons of God. Sons and daughters of God. He intends with all diligence that we be in a deep relationship with him. If you're struggling with your relationship with God and it feels like drudgery and you say, why am I struggling? This is your authority. He made a way for me to be in a right relationship with him. He made a way. That's the blessing. God, you blessed me already to be your son and daughter. You blessed me, Lord, to be in a deep relationship with you. See, and that's why Paul chose Timothy so young. He wanted to show an example. It has nothing to do with age. You know, he wanted to show that it had nothing to do with standard or where you came from. You know, that's why Jesus chose 12 disciples who, who were unlikely kids, you know, who were, who were discounted, who were put out. He said, this has nothing to do with you. This is in me. You know, so the predestination, he made a way for us. He made a way for me. I mean, Isaiah 43 says, he made, we, are, we are crying out in the wilderness, and he made a way for the, glory, for the glory of God. You know, he made a way. That's predestination. The fourth one is adoption. I mean, I don't know if y'all being blessed, but I'm getting blessed up here. See, when we start talking about this, Adoption means that we are secure in an identity in a new family. That means no matter what you do, they can't divorce you. <laughs> that means whatever they do, they can't throw you out. They can't push you away. That means you're adopted into the family of God. And you know what that means? In Christ, we're not foster kids. Okay? We have a father. He's not a stepfather, a half-father. He's a full father. And we're not foster kids. So we don't get leftovers. We get everything. And I'm going to hit on another point after that. And you're going to, it's going to tie in. So redemption is our fifth one. And this one is the one I think a lot of people love to be on because I love it too. But it means we are made right by Christ's blood. 1 Peter 1.18 says, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, 
but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. Through his blood, we have redemption. Listen, you're redeemed before you even know you're redeemed. Okay? Redeeming is a future glory. It's like a present tense. Like when Christ died on a cross, you didn't have to work hard to get to the cross. The cross already did a finished work. The veil was torn. In Christ. In Christ. That's the word. In Christ. That's what he's saying. In Christ. In Christ, we have an authoritative blessing over our life. In Christ, we can move in the mightiness of his glory because it's an authoritative blessing that's saying, oh, it's saying these things. It's saying, I've been elected. Okay, this is, this is, this is the one thing I learned. I was struggling in a leadership position when I was at a parachurch ministry. And everyone around me wasn't doing right. I mean, clear-cut sin. And I was upset. I was mad. And God said, I appointed you. I anointed you. So don't worry about them. Worry about what I've done in you. And see, sometimes that's what we worry about. We worry about the sin more than we worry about the deliverer. I'm worried about other people's sin all the time. But see, this is where we got to have forgiveness. We are blessed with forgiveness. In Christ, you are blessed with forgiveness, past, present, and future. I once watched a documentary of this guy, and it, I cried at the end of this. He's a stepson of another father. He's a preacher. He, had a, he has a fruitful church in Florida. But uh, his stepfather killed his mother when he was a teenager. And he went to a point of forgiveness. He saw it happen. He saw everything happen. He saw the working of it. He knew how loving his stepfather was, but he knew how argumentative their relationship was, him and his mother. Then it got volatile. Then it got hostile. And he saw the, trans, the, the transgressions just moving. And then he became a pastor. Stepfather's in jail. Then one day he gets released. And his stepfather doesn't go see him. Doesn't talk to him. But the stepbrother and the sister says he wants to talk to him. The stepfather's scared. So this pastor has to learn a level of forgiveness that's way past anything. This man took his mother. Took his mother away from him at a vital age. And all those emotions and things that held on. I couldn't imagine that happening. But he went to him, and he says, I have no right in myself to say that I can't forgive you because Christ has forgiven me. And the crisis of faith that you have in forgiveness is way heavier than just forgetting. He couldn't forget it. He had to forgive this man. So when he came to forgive him, he forgave him with all the tears and all the anguish and all the pain. He brought his forgiveness to him and said, I forgive you. And that was one of the, the mightiest and most powerful things I could ever see through my eyes because forgiveness happens at a point that is not because of us. We don't have the power to forgive. 
Only Christ in us can give us the power to forgive. And that's what happened. And that's the power of forgiveness. We're able to forgive our parents for the little things that we don't remember and the things we do remember that they don't remember. You know, there's a saying that I have that, like, wrecked my life as a teenager, and my mom doesn't ever remember saying it. Ever. I remember, listen, every kid wants to go to Disney World. So I remember going to her, and uh, she might have been upset. She might have been heavy at work. She worked for the federal government, so there better have been some craziness going on. I don't know what her day was looking like. She was a single mom, and I said, hey, mom, when are we going to Disney World? She goes, we're going. Don't worry. I said, mom, when are we going? When are we going? And I was a tenacious young man asking when we're going to Disney World. And she goes, I don't know if we're going to go this summer. And I go, mom, you promised. And she goes, promises are meant to be broken. Broke me. I know some of us heard that before. She doesn't remember saying it. But it broke me. I never forgot it. There's some things that we never forget. So I had to forgive my mom. But I do remember going to Disney World. In that moment, it, the statement broke me, but the reality never came. See, the statement stayed with me. See, sometimes people say things to us that stay with us. I went to Disney World. I didn't know what the forgiveness part of it because she said that vital words to me, promises are meant to be broken. But I went to Disney World. I saw Goofy and Mickey Mouse and had an invisible dog. Nobody, if you never had an invisible dog, they're the best. <laughs> so, and that's what happens. I had a future reality. She doesn't even remember the statement because she took me to Disney World. She delivered on a promise in her mind. She doesn't remember the conversation. And that's the kind of thing that we face sometimes. People don't remember the conversation. But we have to forgive them because, you know what, we can't charge it to, to the heart. You know, we got to charge it to their head. You know, it wasn't her heart wasn't for me to ever not be pleased with my, with my childhood antics with Mickey Mouse and Goofy, you know. But it was, it was to know that she's a person. She's a human being. And her favorite scripture to tell me is Romans 3.23. We all fall short of the glory of God. <laughs> so, so that lets me know. Even I've done things to her. She says, I forgive you. And we all fall short of the glory of God. But that's, that's only in Christ. Can she say that? In Christ, you are blessed with forgiveness. With the power of forgiveness. The seventh thing is Grace. We get the first six, election, holiness, predestination, adoption, redemption, forgiveness, because of grace. With the blessing of grace, his word says, according to his lavishes, according to lavishes riches in grace, which he lavishes upon us. So, for the first time, when, when I got married, uh, my brother-in-law blessed us with a hotel room, and uh, we had the JW Marriott in downtown Los Angeles. We parked the car. Hello, Mr. Johnson. We go up to the car. Mr. Johnson, how are you doing today? 
So then we get into the room. Mr. Johnson, everything is well with you? I said, my gosh. They know me really well. This is great service. This is the best I've ever, ever had. Then the bell, they got a, they got a bellboy. He's bringing all our bags. He's putting our bags in a certain place. He's asking if he wants to, if we want to hang our jackets. He's doing all kind of lavish things. And then he goes, before he leaves, me and Melanie go, hey, are you a believer? He goes, yeah, I love Christ. You know, so we were like having a great conversation with him. Then he was like, hey, you guys want some strawberries, some truffles? <laughs> Y'all want some champagne? And we were like, we're like, we'll take the truffles. He's like, all right, I'll send you up some truffles. So they sent up some truffles to us. And then one day, and then we're still there the next day, and then uh, they're like, room service, what do you want? They're calling us, asking us what we would like for breakfast. We don't even get a chance to call. Then Melly wants to go get some ice. Guy stops her. He goes, he goes, Mrs. Johnson, do you want some ice? They know us. So she, he went and got the ice, and he lavished us. They lavished us with such grace that my wife, when we go to another hotel, is like, ain't nothing like the JW Marriott. <laughs> She's like, I got to get my own ice up in here. <laughs> ain't nothing like the JW. So I, that's the kind of stuff when she was lavish. You remember when you're lavish with something. So she was lavish with service at the JW Marriott. They knew everything. I mean, it was wonderful. I didn't have a problem with anything. Concierge service, everything. Wish I could bring them home. So, but that's what happens. We're lavish with something. First, he knows who we are. He knows everything we need before we even ask. Then he offers us something good. You know? That's what it means to be lavish with his riches and grace. And the eighth thing is inheritance. Christ is so given that he shares his inheritance with us. Come on, somebody. He shares his inheritance with us. Was making us all heirs. He didn't say, I came to die on the cross, and you are my lowly servants, and you serve me for the rest of your life. He said, no, I'm going to share this with you. You are my co-heirs. That's the kind of God we serve. He said, we are co-heirs with Christ. We have an inheritance. My goodness. If you knew what it meant to be a co-heir, that means that you get the same thing Christ gets. You receive the same glory in heaven as he gets. He's sitting at the right hand interceding for you, storing up blessings for you because he said you're a co-heir. You're worthy of this. He, he's moving, moving heaven and moving mountains and making valleys, valleys low for you because you're a co-heir. You are a co-heir. He's searching high and low. So you're a co-heir. Because you're a co-heir. Because there's inheritance. See, we really don't, I don't have a trust fund, so I don't understand inheritance. <laughs> you know, some people do. I have friends that have trust funds. They have inheritances. I don't understand it. My parents didn't have the ability to save and, and, and make that much money and have an inheritance. I don't even know if I still have an inheritance, if there was a, such a thing. But I know that those that do have inheritance don't worry about anything. I know that they go where they want, do what they please, because they have an inheritance. I don't see Paris Hilton worrying about today's world fairs. She's not, she's not worried about what's coming in or what's going out. She's not worried about if she's going to elect President Obama. She's not worried about any of that stuff. 
because she's got an inheritance. You know, it's sure, you know. That's what happens when you have an inheritance. I think about uh, John F. K.'s son. He has such an inheritance. He had inherited so much he started the number one magazine, men's magazine, for a long time. He wasn't worried if the magazine was going to make money. <laughs> he said, I had an inheritance. You know, they owned, a, they owned some things. So, and that's what happens with Christ. We don't got to worry about this. We don't got to worry. See, when I think about the world's affairs, I think about one of my fundamental truths, that we have a blessed hope. Okay? I don't have to worry about if ISIS is going to come knock on my door. I have a blessed hope. You know, I don't have to worry about these things. But my job is my job as a as a Christian and as a pastor is to serve others like Christ served them. And to know I have an inheritance and saying, hey, this is not right. God has something more for you. You know, to see people in slavery and, and to see people uh, in drug addiction, to see people in poverty, that is something that we are not supposed to have. You know, it's something that we're not supposed to live at. You know, if it was, I'd still be there. If it was, I'd still be homeless. If it was, I'd still be an alcoholic. If it was that, I wouldn't have an inheritance of freedom. And that's what inheritance means. Christ is so giving and forgiving that he shares his inheritance with us. And then I, I wanted to put, this is what this really is, the, the ninth thing, assurance. You can't preach about grace. You can't preach about God. And you can't preach about Christ without the Holy Spirit. The seal of the Holy Spirit is a blessing, it is, which is a guarantee of our heavenly inheritance. Have you ever bought something and put your name on it? <laughs> Men do it all the time with their tools. That's mine. Just remember, when you get that, it's mine. Bring it back. I got my own coffee cup. Somebody visiting your house and you see them drinking in your coffee cup, like, hold on. <laughs> uh, that's my coffee cup. You may be a guest, but my name's on that. <laughs> so watch out. So that's the kind of insurance we're talking about. I grew up in a Baptist church. Pews had names on them. <laughs> All right? Don't sit there. That's Mother Hillard's seat. Are you crazy? <laughs> you must be new. You don't know that. That's her seat right there. And that's the kind of stuff I grew up with. There's an assurance. See, there's a seal of approval on your life. I wish, I wish God would just send down just like a seal. Not to put it on our forehead, to put it over our hearts. There's a seal of approval over our hearts. As we're talking about nine blessings, they're all sealed in him. We're all sealed in Christ. We have to seal a thing sometimes. Uh, Matt, could you play some soft music for me? Some slow, slow music. See, there's... When Christ came, he taught this thing called Beatitudes. Beatitudes translates into supreme blessedness. Blessing is a, a future reality. 
that sometimes we don't understand. But God is calling us today to walk not in the temporal, but the eternal blessings that he's given us. There's an authoritative state you could be in right now with your inheritance. You can grab one of these today. Just one. And I believe Christ will transform your life. If you just believe that you are a real co-heir, that you have a real inheritance, if you've been hurt and in pain, that you have the power to forgive. If you don't know how things are happening, just grab on to grace. Just grab on to something today. See, he chose us in love for the purpose of his will. To one, unite things in him from heaven to earth. See, Christ is the bridge because we're the bridge. He didn't stop his work. We will continue to, to bring things together. We would be first. We would be first, his first loves. So we are here to be first who wants to be the last and is not receiving all that God has for him. Who wants to be last? Who wants to be running behind in this? Matt, turn it back up. I believe God wants to unite you with him today in a deeper relationship. So deep things call unto deep. And I don't know about you, but I constantly need God. And today, I'm going to ask a step of faith. If you feel purposed in him, if you feel chosen in him pray for those that that want to be chosen in him if you don't feel chosen and you don't feel love and you don't feel purpose i'm going to ask you to walk up front because heaven and earth want to unite in your life right now and uh, just could we all stand this is a call to action I'm asking, not pleading, but wondering who wants the seal of approval today? Who wants Christ to bless them? You would like to grab onto one of these and want me to pray over it, just come on up front. I want to pray and ask Elder Dan to come up. Father, in the majesty of your name, we're not blessed for anything, but we're blessed for the prize of your glory, God. To praise you for your glory, God. In Christ, we are blessed so that we can praise you, that we can understand that, that your glory is a prize to be searched after, God, to be rewarded in God. That's the end of this word, your word says in, the, in Ephesians to the church of Ephesus. 
We may be in a dark world, Lord God. It may be depraved, Lord God. But you said, Lord God, that we are blessed in Christ, in Christ alone, Father. So those that are standing here today who are standing, Father, I ask you, Lord God, that you transform their lives, Lord God. And Lord God, a way, Lord God, only you can, Father. And Lord God, as I'm praying, God, you're starting to move something by the Holy Spirit in their lives, Father. You're starting to make a mountain lower, Lord God. You're starting to make a desert place fertile, Father. You're starting to transform things right now, God. You're starting to put water where there's dry places in their heart, Father, as I speak, God. Holy Spirit, we, we call on you today for the power and purpose of you to work this grace in our life. That we're listening to a mighty word, God, but it's not just for now. It's forever. We heard a word, God, that is supposed to be applied to our life, to transform it, and to change our city, to change our households, to change our surroundings, God. So we're not blessed for right now. We're blessed for eternity, God. We're blessed for eternity, God. Christ, continue to store them up. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.